Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the, the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guests, singer, songwriter, and producer, Mickey Ratsula. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome back. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Pride the Podcast. Thank you to our friends at Rehab Entertainment for another awesome episode. I am Darrell Anthony. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ashley Mitchell. And I'm coming to you live from Chelsea. I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. And I think I just got an email. Or I or did. Some, somebody did. But we 24-7 working over here. I'm happy to report that Ashley Mitchell got an email from Coach Outlet because Ashley has a swiping problem that we will be talking about in this podcast. Ooh. Actually, this isn't a podcast. This oh. is an intervention. Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it is. Um, you've been getting a lot of packages as of late, so mm, we do need to talk mm, to you about that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't, no comment. Yeah, well. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well. I don't, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I can stop at any time, Darrell. Can you? Yeah. Who are you trying to convince? Of course me? I can. Right. Who are you trying to convince? She's scratching herself, so we'll be back with that just momentarily. So, guys, we have not been on in two weeks. Obviously, um, have anybody felt slappy or any kind of uh, slap happy? Yeah. Slap happy. I don't know. Any any conversation around? Honestly, I I'm glad that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because I feel like now I can slap whoever I want. Like I feel like he's giving me power. I'm just gonna slap my boss. I'm gonna slap anybody. I'm gonna slap clients. I'm gonna slap this dude on the subway today. Said I'm. I don't really care how fabulous he looked today. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna slap him. Well, I feel I like that was. I feel like that was a positive affirmation because he was admitting that you were fabulous. No, no, no. I'm, but, don't get me wrong. It was definitely a compliment. I definitely said thank you. But what did you do? I looked fabulous, Adam. That's all I did. You didn't shoot him the look. You didn't. Give him uh, no, I was on one of my two phones fucking responding to some bullshit request. And he came up to me and said, I don't really care how fabulous he looks today. And I laughed and said, thank you. Did he follow up with like move out the way or? No. Oh, well, you know, that's a good question. What a strange statement. You should have completely went off. So that's actually a good point because sometimes you can say things and it will, you can say whatever you want, but you will still get a response. And I think that's what a lot of people were respecting and talking about with the Will Smith. So I'm curious with the co-host, we want to go around the table. This has been a heated debate and topic amongst a lot of people and Mm -hmm. friends for the past two weeks, still going on. So how does everyone feel? I'll go last as whoops. How does everyone <laughs> how does everyone feel about what happened? I'm not talking about the academy, so don't ask me because I, I'm, I'm I'm part of the board of governors, so I don't want to talk about it. But um, how does everyone feel about this? I'll, I'll go, go first. I'll have you go first. Okay. I was like disappointed in Will that he, you know, let himself get to that position. Mm-hmm. However. I do believe you have the right and freedom to say whatever you wish, but you are not free from consequences. And what Chris Rock said garnered a consequence, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Don't be talking about my wife, mm-hmm. you know, especially about something that's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Again, violence is not the answer, mm-hmm. but in some situations, you know, talk shit get hit. <laughs> that's all I have to say. 
And so for comedians out there who are like scared or whatever, you can say what you want, but again, you ain't free from consequences. So you say something slick, you might get hit. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Ashley? Would you like oh go ahead, Ashley? Um, I think that two things can exist. We've we've said this phrase repeatedly, and I think I'm definitely not for violence, and I don't think that violence should be the reaction to words. However, <laughs> I think that Will had a moment. I wish it didn't happen. I think it was really sad, and I hate that it took away from all the other like amazing Oscar moments that happened. There was a lot of history that happened that like is just not being talked about because of this damn slap. Yeah. And that is disappointing. And I think that this was a big lesson for Will to learn, but do I think he should be canceled? Do I think he should be like chastised as if he pulled a Harvey Weinstein? No, I think he had a moment. And I think we put celebrities on a pedestal too much and forget that like they're humans, they have emotions, they mess up, they drop the ball sometimes and they're not perfect. So was he wrong? Yes. But I don't think, I think I I relate more to Will's side because he was protecting a black woman who has been dragged for years at this point. Like their whole family has been talked mad shit about. I understand they also are very public about like all, all of their issues. So I think it's it's one of those situations that I really don't think is black and white. Like I think there's like multiple like layers and like angles and that like two things can be uh, true at the same time. Like he can be wrong and Chris can be wrong and like it was just messy. It was juicy though. Yeah, he did what I think everyone wanted to do. Yeah, to Chris and just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brayden, what do you think? Well, I have some insider tea. That cannot be confirmed because my a couple of people on my team used to represent Chris Rock, and also like everybody. Actually, maybe not everybody knows, but the Oscar script has been written weeks in advance, and it's been rehearsed. And the script also has to be approved by Chris's team. And every person, every butt of the joke, their team has to approve as well. So that means Chris's team approved the joke. Jada's team approved of the joke and Will's team approved of the joke. So they were in on the joke. That's why everything, everyone was like, is this staged? In a high level view, yes, it was staged. Um, Did they mean for it to escalate that way? I don't know. But everybody knew that this was about to happen. And, but they didn't know that Will was going to slap. We saw Will laugh at the joke. We saw Will slap, and then we saw Will laugh after he slapped. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, it went through rounds and rounds of approval for that joke to be said. So I'm not really, and I just learned about this literally yesterday after I was talking with teenagers about acting all this shit. Um, but initially, I was obviously like angry, like there's no place for violence. Blah 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 blah. Um, but I'm just, it's, it's, I think it's deeper and bigger and it was more widely known than the general public and news media knows it, this, this, the joke was known to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, at one point was like, oh, that was safe. Like this is all was safe. 
while I was wow. talking to Jill, friend of the pod, and you know, she works in reality TV. And she was like, girl, that was staged. I was like, right. like I work in reality TV. Yes. Right. But she did say she was like, I don't think Chris knew what was going on, but Will definitely did. I don't I don't think Chris I think Chris knew that the script was approved and blah 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 and everything was fine. But I do think it caught him like really off guard as all of America caught. Yeah. Okay, uh, was right, off say your opinion, and then I'll say like yeah, an yeah. off opinion. So, so I think that a couple of things going on here. So, guys, try to like keep up with me. So, I think that mm-hmm. Chris Rock has been making comments about the Smiths since 2016, mm-hmm. where they have already told him repeatedly in several now deleted tweets to keep our names out of your mouth. So that has been going on for quite some time. Another thing to kind of go, not necessarily against what you said, Brayden, about the script approval, but Amy had a joke about uh, Amy. Um, Schumer had a joke about uh, Alec Baldwin and saying that him staring like down the barrel of a gun, making fun of the fact that he killed Helena Hutchins, who was famously killed on the film that he was most recently done. And that joke was removed. And that joke only got removed because it wasn't approved a a week prior to the Oscars. So it was only Mm -hmm. removed a week prior. Um, And a lot of it was the fact that everyone else was like, no, we don't want to kind of go on what you were saying. I don't necessarily know again i feel like the will and chris thing is just a lot deeper than a lot of people know and think about and i think that there's more to do with that i also think that will himself personally feels like he has not protected black women um as much as he should have he famously in his book talked about his mother who was abused by his father um obviously everyone knows what he did to janice hubert who played the first aunt vivian on fresh prince so i think that will had a lot of pent up energy and anger um but i also think a lot of people even including most importantly black people are judging will and jada because they said that they have an open marriage a lot of people have been judging them for a long time about the open marriage because a lot of people don't agree with open relationships i mean that's just the that's just the broad of it a lot of people think open relationships are weird and then what happens in that situation is people start picking sides and saying oh you're cheating or you're cheating or you're cheating or they're cheating that's what typically happens in that um couple of things on that ti actually most recently i believe it was three days ago he the rapper ti who's been famously accused him and his wife tiny of sexually assaulting a lot of uh, young girls in Atlanta he was he was heckling a comedian it was this female comedian and he told her take your wig off you bald and bitch and he was doing xyz she said as soon as you address your charges I'll take my wig off so he stormed the stage and he took the mic from her hand and he was threatening her because he didn't like the response he got once she told him what she said but it was okay for him to heckle and he and and the reason I want to bring that into play is because again, when did it become okay to respect a black woman? But when you get a response, it's not okay. Ti said it was fine for him to heckle her about her wig and say all these nasty things, called her a bald and bitch X Y Z. But when she said, "I'll take my wig off when you discuss those charges," mm-hmm. he stormed the stage. And so that's to me is a, is an issue as well. And then the final thing I want to say. There was an incident recently, and the media needs to be held accountable, because there was an incident recently where someone attacked a comedian years ago, and people have been passing it off as something recent, and saying like, oh, look what Will did. Will let people beat up comedians. That's not happening. That video, Mm -hmm. the people came out from that video, and they were like, this happened in 2011. We don't know why people are saying that this happened recently, but it didn't. Well, people also, did that with that picture with people reacting to La La Land. That was my next point, La La yeah. La with La La yeah. Land, and they're saying, like, these are everyone's expressions of the Oscars. The only person who had a real expression that wasn't even from the moment that it happened was a picture of Nicole Kidman, and it wasn't right. even
even from that moment, she was looking surprised because someone across the way had won. And I forgot who the person was, but they said that. So I think that the media has been misleading in this as well. And they owe a responsibility. Also, there was a recent thing that came out yesterday that said, Jada said she was disappointed in Will Slap. J First of all, Miha, whatever publication, people, whatever it was that said this wasn't people, because I guess it would have been a lot more reputable. Jada Pinkett is not going to release anything unless it's on Red Table Talk. They're not making a statement until Red Table Talk. The final and last statement that has been made was from Will's personal Instagram. Nobody's going to talk since that. So I think the media owes people a little bit of responsibility because there's been a lot of attack online and of a lot of attack has been against Jada as a Black woman saying that she's a stupid bitch. She egg Will on. She's not faithful. She's XYZ. Yeah. And that's a big problem for me. And that's my thoughts. That part bothers me like okay have your opinion on chris and will or whatever but why is jada being blamed for will's actions she didn't tell him at least we didn't see that so we have to just assume she didn't mm -hmm. she did not tell him go slap him so it's just like everybody's talking like jada's a piece of shit she's toxic she's a crazy person like she's a ball-headed hoe like all of that is crazy and it's just like you guys were just looking for a reason to like say yeah, so. and, and we you have know? to also understand that chris rock famously has never really been for black people. Um, I don't know if any of you guys saw the video, but Chris Rock set with a bunch of white comedians, one of them, Louis C.K., who had been accused of sexual harassment and assault, um, set with them and was allowed to say the N-word with a hard ER on it. And they all laughed and he laughed and he, he's always kind of catered to um, the microaggressions maybe that he's seen and viewed from Hollywood because he's like, listen, my career is more important. So if y'all want to call me a nigga, that is fine with me. And I think that a lot of people are starting to see this with this conversation because <laughs> the people that are pretty much defending Chris Rock are mostly a lot of white people and a lot of black people who have never liked Will and Jada since they admitted that they have an open relationship. So I think that I don't even know, I guess for me to put a button on this, I don't even know if the outrage is still from the slap as much as it is from people not agreeing with Will and Jada's lifestyle. I don't even know if it's about the slap anymore. I think that the slap is secondary, but I think that it, it just seems like the conversation is Jada's toxic, they have a fake marriage, they should break up, she's doing this. And I, I don't even know if it's about the slap anymore in person. Mm. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. Well, like Daniel Radcliffe said, let's stop talking about it. That was a week ago, who fucking cares? Right. And Brayden, I, I would like to stop a, talking about I it. I saw you made a really good post, and we absolutely are, because I saw Brayden, you made a post about instead of talking about. Oh, God, about, what did I say? Uh, let's talk about Clarence Thomas. So oh, let's about, motherfucking talk about that motherfucking that couple. Yeah. So what well, do you I do about? need to, I have, a, I, have a, I have a legal note. I think last part I was saying that it wasn't Clarence, or that I was saying that it was Clarence and not just his wife. I need to retract that statement. I was wrong. It was Clarence, but it's his wife. It was not Clarence. Yeah, that was coming out saying all that bullshit. Thank you for the producers in my ear reminding me of that legal legal note. Um, we need to be talking about them because that is that's extremely fucked. And like, yes, we love pop culture, we love movies, we love the Oscars. I literally watch every award show every single year. But does that really affect change in direct change in American culture and society? No, it doesn't. It's the politicians. And so the fact that what Virginia Woolf, what's her fucking name, Clarence's wife. Virginia Wolf, Virginia, Jenny, whatever the fuck, Virginia Wolf is that play shit. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny needs to sit her ass down, and also she needs to be fucking subpoenaed and be talked to about all this 
bullshit that she has been doing for the past, I don't know, years when it comes to the January 6th I mean, terrorism. She can stand up as long as Hillary did. I'm sure she can't. But, you know, let's give her the same treatment I think that we gave Hillary because it, it just seems like the re there's different rules of respect when it comes to Republicans. Obviously, um, we want to go to award shows and talk about that, but I can't help but talk about the exciting news and the confirmation today of Judge Katanji Jackson. Like, I am so super excited about Yay. that. How does everyone... Yeah. How does you everyone... I, can't, I just can't wait to say Judge Jackson. Yeah. How, how does everyone like feel like what is the emotions like I almost when I saw it earlier I felt the same emotion almost that I felt like when when gay marriage like when we finally got over yeah. mm -hmm. that we had yeah. been fighting for a long time and it's just like we're so tired as minorities gay straight black Hispanic Asian like saying we're the first we're so tired of it woman like we're so tired so how do we feel and I think like to start with that we should have a black woman give your first thing as a oh. black woman how do you feel how do you feel come on Judge Mitchell I was not prepared I'm Judge Mitchell but you were the honorable Braden Bradley <laughs> let's, let's put a pin in that we'll, we'll put a pin in that, we'll, a pin in that. We'll, we won't be coming back to we'll that because we have a lot to, to address that. on that <laughs> um I mean I couldn't be prouder like I think you know, we have things like what happened with Jada, which sucks, but then we also have all these other things to celebrate Black women. And I think it's, you know, it's overdue. I think that there's going to be a lot less BS mm -hmm. that can go through because she is not with the nonsense. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's exciting. I just, and, and all the little girls that she's going to inspire just by being there. Not even, she hasn't done anything yet. And already she's changing the world. And that's yes. just, I mean, can't really put words on that. It's just amazing. Like, yeah. I'm so excited. Adam, how do you feel? How do you mm -hmm. think that that really is going to change like the course of history and everything? I mean, just, yeah, her confirmation alone already is changing history books. So that's incredible. Uh, we cheers at happy hour today. And we're just like, yay, like, oh my God, this is amazing. The first of its kind. Again, mm -hmm. it's just like long way overdue. Uh huh. But no, it's, um, I'm I'm glad I'm grateful that we're I'm alive to see another historical moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like with Barack Obama becoming president and now our first Supreme mm -hmm. Court justice. Kamala like, Harris. I forgot about that hope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she may not okay. be doing much. I was about to say we're not gonna do that. She's we're doing a lot. She's doing, doing as, as much as a veep can no, do. I'm Uncle Joe. And Aunt Kamala. No, 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 no we slander. are extended till the 31st of August plus student <laughs> loan relief. Thank you very much. Um, Brayden, as someone who, you know, have been following this very closely, what do you feel? Do you think the Republicans should be worried? Do you feel that the Democrats are in a good place to continue leading this country to a better place? That's a really good question because the midterms are coming up. And um, everyone thought, well, the Democrats thought that this was going to propel them and give them more steam when it comes to the midterm elections, but also the jobs report was announced mm -hmm. recently. And they're all going to blame Biden. I can't remember the numbers. Forgive me. Next podcast, I'll come in with a legal note. But they basically, Biden is now as the face, as the president of jobs and American growth. It's not looking good, despite what you've heard. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot more work to be done on the ground for the Democratic Party to concrete our lead, and a very narrow lead, mind you, to concrete our lead in Congress, uh, just because of that last report. I do think Katanji being confirmed was a great, um, catapult for, 
us and the Democratic Party and everything, but Republicans are coming in, coming in hot. I mean, what was that walkout today or the other day or like, what was that? Like that, like they're coming in hot. Lindsay, no matter how gay his ass is, is just speaking some nasty she-devil bullshit. That is very true. Um, the walkout was very disrespectful. I think it spoke a lot about it. Mitt Romney was the one who stayed. Um, and, also, and, and, go ahead. just the visual, just the visual alone. You don't even need to know what everyone stands for. But just the visual alone, seeing white men walk out when a Black woman, the first Black woman to be affirmed to the Supreme Court, just the visual alone speaks volumes. It, it speaks does, volumes. It does speak volumes. I think what worries me is that no one's going to care. I don't think that the country is in a place where, because at, at this point, straight, cisgendered white men feel that they are under attack. And they feel that, oh, well, we have to do everything we can to regain power. So I do agree with what you said, Brayden. It's just like, listen, there is a very narrow very narrow lead. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a big point for the, uh, the Democratic Party now, what I would at least like to see is a little bit more joining hands of the of the progressive Democrat side, as well as the far left. And I mean, as the as the more moderate, sorry, uh, Democrat, because I think that that's where we're having a little bit of a breakdown. I think that there are not enough join in, in the Democrat Party. Um, it seems like we're on two different sides. And one thing about the Republican Party that I can say that's been proved history after history, they will always sign up for some bullshit. Not mm. all the Republican Party wanted Trump in office, but they said, you know what, let's go after Trump, matter. which is yeah. why he got in. Mm. So I think that when you're talking about the Democrat Party, it's just like, you know, and I've heard people say, I've heard people speak, you know, even Democrats are like, yeah, I'm gonna have to vote for, I'm probably gonna have to vote for the Republican next time. I don't care. And I'm just like, you can't do that. Like, that's mm -hmm. not an option. Like, it, that, like you can't, they're like, well, I can't vote for Joe and Kamala because they're feeling like certain promises was let down. Um, so I think, again, we have a lot of work to do and I can't wait to see that and, yeah. and, and more on that. But we have some more work to do and more show for you guys. So everyone go fill up your glasses. And when we come back, we're gonna be with recording artist Mickey and talk about their new album that just dropped. We are excited to talk to them and we will be right back. Hi guys, Hi. welcome back. I'm super excited to introduce our next guest. We have Southern California-based non-binary singer, songwriter, and producer, okay. Mickey Ratsula. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, Hi, Mickey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you at right now? I'm in my studio um, where I made my album and where I make almost everything. And I'm just literally always in here. And so that's... That's where I do everything. So I'm here uh, in my studio. You're always yeah. It's always cooking and creating, which is so important. You're oh, always, at, always in my little space. Are you on the East Coast or the West Coast? I'm on the West Coast. So I live in uh, California. So like right outside of LA. Um, okay. grew, up, grew up here, uh, live here. I like being, I don't know, LA stresses me out, but I like being able to get to it. So where so I hear that. <laughs> I feel like now that I'm older, I could move to Jersey. Mm -hmm. because now it's like okay you know I still have access to New York but mm -hmm. you don't need to be but here. I don't need it. right <laughs> right right exactly 
Sometimes that stress happens. Yeah. But Mickey, we're so excited to talk to you. So obviously, as we said, we know you're from Southern California and everything. So tell us how you got started and how you came about to become the singer, songwriter, producer that you are today. Oh my, um, I feel like there's a long story and there's a short story. And it always starts with the classic, I grew up making, um, I feel like every fucking, am I allowed to swear, by the way? Okay, cool. Um, okay. Yeah, no, so like every every fucking artist is that like I grew up uh, playing music, but like I did. I grew up in a musical home. Like we had a grand piano um, in the house. So I like literally grew up playing with my dad. And so I was just always involved with music. And I wrote like stupid songs when I was in middle school about like breakups that I never even experienced. And like they were super <laughs> dramatic. Um, and so I just was like, I wanted to do that. Um, and then I also played soccer up until I was like 18. Um, and so I was a big fan of the US Women's National Soccer Team. Um, they definitely helped me realize I was gay, um, but also like huge fans, like as a soccer player. And so I, in like early high school, had like a YouTube channel where I wrote songs about the team. Um, and I like built this little like fandom. And then I like to just like use it as, I like to use the analogy of, Disney Channel like I feel like that was my Disney Channel phase and then I realized like oh like I fell in love with my current fiance I like started to write like actual genuine music grew up and realized how like kind of you know I was like I think I'm a little older and ready to like do my own thing now and so um I built from that um and just kind of like I started putting out music and then I got lucky and you know Spotify like really helped um algorithmically and like people just liked what I was doing and then um my manager uh, tells me that like when I put out my album like almost two weeks ago, he was like, this is day one. The day the album comes out is day one. Like now you're starting your career. And I think it took me a while to realize that. Like, I was like, I'm not doing anything yet. I'm not big yet. Mm -hmm. And then putting out the album was like, now I think I finally know who Mickey Retsuwa is as an artist and a person because I've went through a lot of like, discovery lately. And so um, I've had a lot of like experience and, and stuff playing around with the idea of music but I feel like now I finally am like doing it and so it's, it's been a journey but I'm here now that's super yeah, exciting I love, that. I love that I think it's that that's so important and you know you're talking about your album you know which actually leads to my actual real first question um so with your album on that like I owe it to myself so good we and I think the title is so good because I think a lot of times we don't think about what we owe to ourselves as people especially in these past two years of being yeah away. um so what did you come up with that title and what does this album mean to you obviously it's your debut album what does it mean to you on a grand scale so uh I quite literally this album to myself and so I owe myself the opportunity to be vulnerable to share stories and experiences that I had publicly before um to I produced the album my entire self and I I was excited to jump on that opportunity so I you know I owed myself that opportunity to do that um and just this whole album is about self-discovery and self-love and kind of just reflecting on um, my relationship with myself, with my queerness, with my family, with my partner, with my friends. Um, and just, it's it's really just delving into the thoughts that I've had over the past couple of years, because over the past few years is when I really realized I was non-binary and trans. And I got, and it was like a lot of new stuff and coming into my own. And so this album kind of helped me navigate, you know, a lot of shit and a lot of great stuff. And so, yeah. I, I, I literally owe this album to myself. And so like, that was the only fitting title. 
That's awesome. And how long did it, being that you have like a home studio and everything, how long did it take you to do this album? Like, has this been like years in the work or was it like you had a stroke of genius and you were like just writing for a few days and it popped out? Yes. So it started like the beginning of, I feel like again, every artist says this, but I feel like at the beginning of COVID when the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. um, I was in a really fucking bad place. Like I was, my parents just got really horribly divorced. Um, I was navigating my I, re- I started to panic because I realized I was actually trans non-binary and I had to do something. And I wanted to do something about it. Um, I fired um, a toxic uh, manager. Um, you know, there's a lot of just stuff going around. And I kind of was like, I'm going to make an album just like to make it. Like there was no intent behind it. And so I was in a lot of writing sessions and like while kind of figuring out my creative space again, while also navigating everything personally. Um, I kind of started making the album with more intent because then I started actually using it to heal and to process. And, and over the course of like two years, the album went in like a completely different direction. I cut off like a bunch of songs and rewrote new ones and um, just kind of really like, it, it was very unconventional. I just kind of was making it and as I, as I went and then I got signed to Network Records. Um, I think they heard like, an almost 100% version of the album. And so they signed me because they loved it and I put it out with them. And even when I when that happened, the album wasn't ready yet. I still switched out some songs. And so I feel like the album just followed where my head was at and I was just playing around with it and testing the waters and I wanted to do. And I think that the al- making the album helped me realize that I am able to do that. And so um, it definitely wasn't like, you know, cut and dry like I'm making an album it was like right. I guess I'm making an album and now I'm like no I'm really making an album and I'm so proud of it and I know what I want the album to represent and so uh it's just it, it took a little bit and I think those are the best kinds of processes mm-hmm. because you it wasn't intentional like you were just it you were trying to heal and of course you're a musician so you know making an album but I think that's great and it really shows in your album I mean I was listening to it earlier today and I was like oh this is really nice yeah like you know thank I, you <laughs> oh yeah like, may have been putting <laughs> some some herbal refreshments right. and, <laughs> and listening to the album I was like ah yes I'm just sitting on the yes. couch and vibing no it like listen I caught a whole vibe was just like okay like I listened to it like a couple times on repeat because it was just like a nice oh thank you yeah like congratulations it's, thank it's you. so good yeah mm-hmm. I loved it so I know uh you put the album out uh, a couple weeks ago, March 25th, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, which kind of coincided with your top surgery anniversary. Mm-hmm. Congratulations yes. on that as Thank well. Thank you. Huge feat. <laughs> um, so my question is, like, do you think that procedure had, like, like an, any effect on the album itself or, like, on, you know, the music that you create? 100%. Um, I... So I got top surgery March 22. What is, what the fuck time is it now? 22? So it's 2021, right? Like I have no concept of time. No, they right. all blur together since 2020. Yeah. Like one big blur. Literally. Yeah. So <laughs> March 11, 2021 is when I got top surgery. So the album was done already. Um, and around that time is when I fired the manager I was talking about and got signed. Um, so that all kind of happened around the same time while recovering from top surgery so it's kind of a shit show and it was kind of me finally realizing like 
the type of people I need to remove and the physical parts of me that I need to remove. And in order for me to move on to this new space and, and to really celebrate the album. And so, um, the first single off the album second um the music video features me and my fiance um and it's me shirtless for the first time um, in a music video on my I'm, i think i'm like barely a month post-op so i'm very swollen and very freshly scarred in the video but um a big thing i wanted when i wrote that song was like i want the visual to be me shirtless and i want it to be very raw and vis- uh, you know visible and the manager that i fired at the time i knew was probably uncomfortable with that and stuff like that so it was like nice to get rid of that and to be like be with a team that wants to highlight you know the stories i want to highlight and um so that just became like a a huge thing where like i just wanted to advocate and i wanted to uh i want to show trans bodies and make them you know normalize the fuck out of them and um you know just and that was like kind of like the kickstart for the album was like the first thing i'm putting out is about my top surgery the video is about you know trans bodies being loved and trans bodies just being there and existing um and so that it definitely had an impact on the visual aspect of the album and kind of the storytelling where did you learn to get so brave i don't know honestly i think <laughs> i i don't know I've, i feel like i've always been a very like I, I i don't know if it's the like the artist in me that likes being the center of attention um and likes being kind of thrives tell, <laughs> kind of thrives telling my story but like, like i don't know i feel like i've always just uh, wanted to be vulnerable and I think um, I just realized that I just I feel I'm a fucking cancer so I don't know like that helps I just like talking I, I just love uh, sharing things about me and being emotional and whatever and so I I uh, just saw how much of an impact uh, what I was doing around that song um, had on other trans kids and it just like it just it just skyrocketed it like it just made it like I don't shut up about it now um, and um, I don't, okay, so side note, when's your birthday? June 30th. Wow. You're the day right after me. I'm June 29th. Oh my God. My cancer, <laughs> I love you. This cancer is so great. Babies. We're cancer babies. Yes. And I'm actually going to be in LA at some point. So let's just meet up and like pre okay. birthday early. I'm going to be there in Cancer June. party. I love, yes. I love that. I yes. Love, um, go ahead, Ashley. Do you have something there? Oh, I <laughs> yeah, I thought you, I thought you needed, like, to say something. No, no, I didn't. Oh, you just bumped into me. <laughs> but I can go into yeah, that yeah. question. Um, I'm like, how do you think the music industry has changed with the acceptance of the LGBTQ community? And what work do you think still needs to be done? Um, I think it's ironic because I think there, there definitely is acceptance to an extent. I do think a lot of it is performative and a lot of it is not actually understanding what it really means to advocate for queer people. And, uh, you know, I dealt with that with that manager I was referencing. And um, I just realized like he, for example, wasn't, he saw me as just like a weird girl, you know, he never saw me for who my identity and and didn't, and didn't, you know, want to celebrate queerness with me and and didn't create those safe spaces for me. And so um, it just, like it and it came out of nowhere kind of like a couple years later after working with him um and so it made me realize that like a lot of industry unfortunately is still like that and and i and i I know that uh i make a lot of especially cishet people uncomfortable and um i think i've just you know saying 
you know, gay rights is one thing, but to actually advocate for queer people and trans people and, and, and to actually, um, you know, how many times is Sam Smith still misgendered? You know, just like little things like that, you know, like it's like, I think, I think it's still, I think it's still pretty performative. I think, um, you know, there's not really actually that, that actual, like, you know, like they, they like the idea of queer people, I think, in yeah. Yeah. as a whole. Um, and, and sometimes, obviously, we've gone somewhat further, um, but still think there's like a ton of more work, but like authentic work, we're actually understanding what the issues are and how systemically we can change instead of just, oh, cool, now you get to, you know, put a song out, bravo, you know what I mean? Like, it's what more is- than that what is the work that you want to do in the industry to make all of the changes happen that you just spoke of? Um, uh, kind of what I'm doing right now is like literally making, you know, very, being very a trans person and, and I, you know, making, uh, sharing my story as a trans person and, and having the visuals. Um, and, and kind of just that and celebrating it. Um, but also, like, on the flip side, uh, what I went through with my roots made me realize um, how, how a lot of times people aren't held for the shit that they do to queer people. And that's another thing I want to change is actually holding people accountable and being like, you don't just get to, like, brush us under the rug and be like, okay, you won't work with that person. It's like, why doesn't that person get, you know, be held accountable for what they did? Um, and I think I just want to um, not only help normalize and, and you know, just be very visible, but I want to actually like talk about it with people and talk about what they need to do for me. Um, instead of just like being like, hey, I'm here, but also I'm here and I need this from you or I'm not gonna work with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like too often we go into a job and it's like, we accept what is there because, you know, usually for me anyway, it's always like, because I need this job. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's hard to remember that like oh well, I need to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm taken care of first mm-hmm. I come mm-hmm. first because I'm replaceable yeah. at the end of the day like if, if yeah it, you know yeah so I think especially when you're in a queer space I think that when you go into any job any profession you're like all right so are they gonna have an issue with me for being queer like how are we gonna deal with this especially yeah. if you are you know I'm really queer if you are trans or you asked to be by another other pronouns or if you're effeminate or if you're a butch whatever it may be you know that you're going to be judged by that then your work caliber first and foremost so you have to like right with that mm-hmm. do you feel Mickey that there's a thing that has to do with we talked about it a little bit earlier and we're going to continue talking about it um like toxic masculinity you spoke about your manager like him being a man mm-hmm. and seeing you as a weird girl do you feel like that still has such a prevalence in the music industry with the toxic masculinity oh absolutely like the amount of oh my god like sound guys at shows yeah mm-hmm. are like some of the worst like you know <laughs> they just they like I'll do sound check and they're like mansplaining sound check to me and then calling me, you know, using she, her pronouns all the time. And like, just like a lot of just like very intense stuff for like, that's like, like you were saying was like, that's where I know to like kind of bite my tongue and be like, I need to know when is it okay for me to kind of say something? And when is it like, that's I, so stu- I just I need to that. get through this, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, no, there's, I, I, a lot of, there's been a lot of um, primarily cis het men that I've worked with that I've either heard from other people who behind my back make fun of my pronouns or 
or I can tell by the way they address me, like literally don't see my identity for who it is. And I feel like um, I almost threaten sometimes. I sometimes threaten them because I threaten their idea of masculinity and mm-hmm. um, and and I challenge it. And and um, I think I think it's just like it's it's interesting because for so long they like kind of run all this shit. And I think you know we're kind of like pushing back against that. And so you really see this like defense mechanism pop out, which like my, with my ex manager, um, um, if I called him out for transphobic or homophobic statements, he was super defensive. Um, just didn't know how to like kind of shut And that's how I knew it was so, uh, it was so fake to him. It was so just like, oh, you're just sensitive, get over it. Instead of like, do you actually realize like the implications of what you're saying and you know, where those, um, biases and those thought processes are coming from like deeply rooted issues um you know that are have been like historical attacks trans people or whatever like the stuff you're saying isn't light even though you think it is uh, a lot of it comes from i think a lot of toxic masculinity for sure yeah i mean well i you love know? that i mean yeah. you stood up for yourself because you knew you owed it to yourself that's what it is I think that it's so important. And, you know, when we go into these spaces, we have to know, and you're right, like when is a moment for us to speak out and when is a moment for us to sit back and say, okay, well, I know that what I'm doing is more important than the hate that they're giving off. Right. Um, You pick and choose your battles. You you have to, you have to. So on a a positive note, like as your career continues, who do you hope to work with? What artist do you, who's your dream artist? Or producer. I feel like every time people or ask podcast that, host. Right. <laughs> I feel like I um I'm a huge I'm I'm blanking out on literally every single person I've ever thought of right now. Um I'm a huge fan of like Phoebe Bridgers of Claude. Claude and I are mutuals, um, and, and I I'm a huge fan of their work. Um I saw them at South by Southwest. Luna, massive fan of Luna, obsessed with Luna. Um, I would love to work with Phineas one day as a producer. Uh, Jeremy Zucker is one of my favorite producers. Uh, Alexander 23 is also one of my favorite producers. Would love to work with Girl in Red. Um, you know, we have that, uh, Nordic queer energy together. Um, I feel like I just, um, there's, there's, a Royce Vaughn. Really, everybody. Um, Watch me blank out, and then the moment we hang up, I'm gonna be upset. I didn't say something. Right. <laughs> this is what happens. Though, like, um, I just, um, I think like Muna right now is like my number one for sure. Like, I am a everything they're doing and what they stand for as, as a queer group. Um, the music they make is fantastic, and uh, they're definitely like kind of like my obsession right now. And so I, I like, I'm just a big fan. Um, and uh, yeah. I just want to work with so many people. I like forget it. It's kind of sad. I should know. <laughs> While we're putting that into the universe, mm-hmm. yes, all you the get good to work, all your dream list, everything. <laughs> well, Mickey, this was so much fun. Again, congratulations on the on the album. It's so good. I still yeah. I'm kind of like low key obsessed. <laughs> Adam's been blown. Just so you know, Adam's been blowing up my phone. Mickey. He's like, hey, have you do you listen? I was like, yes. I said it's actually really good. He said, no, it's really, really good. Like it's Adam, really, really good. Adam I caught a vibe. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's been on repeat for him. And we are so glad that your voice has not been silenced and mm-hmm. it's out there. And you know, you are creating safe spaces for other and thank you for being so brave to be yourself. Yeah. Like, geez, thank you. Thank you. So, Mickey, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and where they can download your album. Uh, you can find me anywhere you search Mickey Ratsula. I'm fairly confident I'm literally the only one. So, I 
don't don't think you can miss me uh um you know literally every platform you can think of I'm probably on it and then you know my albums you know across all streaming platforms and um I'm going on tour uh, in two weeks uh I'm opening for Lauren Sanderson so we're going on tour uh all across this is my first tour ever so I'm super excited um so I'm excited to play the album and um just meet people all over the country that I forget listen to my music um and it kind of brings it to life for me so um yeah are you coming to New York I am I am coming to New York I think I should know off the top it's end of May it's on it's on my website okay okay Um, perfect well let's be I am coming to New York Let's meet up when you okay. get here. Let's like have a we're here a little celebratory. Something <laughs> we would love to come see you. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I, I think I'm playing at uh, the Ir- uh, Irving Plaza. Oh, nice. oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. it. That's so exciting. I should know the date. It's like May fourteenth <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> or something. No, you shouldn't. You're the star. Your people <laughs> know the date. Your people know. That's the true. Date. Tell your people to talk to my people, and then right. 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 That's right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, thank you so much, and please go check out their website so you can make sure where they're coming to a city near you. You can check them out. Give us your website, Mickey. MickeyRatsula.com. Yes, I love that. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and come back anytime. Like, let's kick it again. Please, please. I'm around. Back for hot topics. Yes. Yeah, just just, um, hit me up. We will. We'll slide, we'll slide in your DMs. DMs. Right. Please yeah. do. So we have a problem sliding in DMs, as you can tell. So uh, we'll be in your DMs. I need to, I need to get more confident at that, actually. So you should. Just I, put it out there. Hmm? I said, put it on out there. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> After now, I actually, I actually might. Do it. I love it. Thank you so much, Mickey. It was so great talking to you. We'll speak to you very Thank soon you. and hopefully see you soon as well. Thank you. Thank right. you so Thank much for having you. me. Be safe. Bye. 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 All right. Welcome back. Oh, that was yes. such a great interview. They're so fun. I yeah. loved it. Their music is really good as well. Yeah. yeah. I was bopping that shit all day. Mm-hmm. Everyone go check out their uh, latest album, I Owe It To Myself. Mm-hmm. You will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Spark a blunt mm-hmm. and just chill because I, it, it, I Turn off the lights, light a candle. I definitely <laughs> caught a vibe. It was, it, was, it was really good. I'm really loving the fact that we're getting more, first of all, transgender, uh, like people, uh, non-binary, like gay, like everybody who's very different, like type of musicians in the world. Like, and I love on our podcast, but on the world, because I think that their sound is so important. Like music is the one thing that I feel brings the entire world together. And I feel like after everything that we talked about in the first segment with the Oscars and that kind of dividing people, the one thing I can say, and I think a lot of people agree on this is the Grammys brought the world together on this past week. Mm-hmm. So I want to give everyone a chance to, uh, you know, give feedback on the Grammys. Brayden, what are your thoughts on the Grammys? I know you had some positive things to say online about it. it was one of the best shows you've ever seen. So tell our audience why. Well, first of all, thank you for following me online. Um, I do have to say it was probably one of the best Grammys I've seen in the past decade, I would say. Why? I thought, like, I thought the performances were out of this world. I thought the fashion was out of this world. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, yes, I was obviously lit on a Sunday, but I I just really loved it. I, I thought it was full of love. I thought it was great. 
Yep. Yep. That was really good. Um, Ashley, so Jasmine Sullivan uh, received her award, um, which everyone was super, super excited about. And she, in her speech, talked about how she did it for Black women. And mm -hmm. she's like, I'm doing this for y'all. I'm doing this for us and for the culture. Like, how important was that moment for you to hear that? I mean, it's always great to get that, you know, acknowledgement. And, you know, I love Jasmine Sullivan. I feel like she's been underrated for years yeah you know uh -huh. and then it's just like you know she came out with Buster Windows and everybody was like oh my god that's great and then Glee did it and that was cool and then after that she was only kind of lived within the R&B world mm -hmm. and like you know her audience wasn't as big as I felt like it should be but I felt like with hotels though it really broadened her horizon and she might have a little bit of a glow up too <laughs> so and, and she that's okay. and that's okay and then what did she do like last year she sang the national anthem for was it Super Bowl last year? I no, think. no, I think it was. It was, was it Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl. I thought it was, yeah, was, was not this past year, but not this year, but last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. Jasmine's great. I mean, all the winners, um, Doja Cat, and you know, Bruno Super Mars, SZA, my girl mm -hmm. Olivia. Well, I, was gonna, uh -huh. I was actually going to. Uh, swipe that over to you, Adam. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo won three Grammys that night. She sure did. One of them, most importantly, was for a new artist, even though what's crazy about the Grammys and something I want to point out, obviously, we have been locked up all awards and everybody for the past two going on three years. So a lot of music that we were hearing on there was like, oh, we already heard this. We already bopped to this. So how did you feel being someone who's really loved the sound Olivia Rodrigo has coming out? How did you feel with her winning those awards and getting her final shine? Um, it was, you know, yeah, long overdue. And um, I'm glad she won Best New Artist. I feel like in the last mm, three or four years, the Best New Artists have been like really good. You know, Megan Thee Stallion, Olivia, um, who was before that? Doja, I believe. She no, maybe not. Maybe that was the MTV Movie Awards or music. It Awards. was Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Mm -hmm. Dua Lipa. Yeah. So we've had some like good best new artists. Um, and then I know why she performed Driver's License, obviously, but I was just like, you have like way better uh, singles. But yeah, whatever. but that was you know her her that jam. was her yeah that was the the big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, let's talk about for me the big wins of the night was Silk Sonic. Um, I <laughs> loved every single time that they won. They got up and kind of was grooving through it, and I love that he had on his pink pussycat wig like he was Ike Turner from What's Love Got to Do with It. Um, <laughs> he definitely looked like Lawrence Ike. Fishburne said, "I appreciate, I approve. It's <laughs> great. Everything's good." I, I think I think it was a such a good celebration of music, and you know, really give a shout out to Trevor Noah for hosting a really good show. I think he, I think a lot of people were anticipating that what's going to happen at this show after what happened at the Oscars and how much are they going to address it? And I love that it was only addressed twice, once by um, once by the host Trevor Noah and then the other time by Questlove. And he just made a joke. He said, y'all stay 500 feet from me and just went into it. I love that we didn't dwell on such a negative moment that impacted you know, people winning and, and their livelihood and everything and a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. And then we really focused on the music and trying to heal and bring people together. So I love that. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of healing, special shout out to Gerard Carmichael. Uh, he's a comedian. We see people, we do love comedians on Pride of Podcast. Um, he came out um, most recently and he also got a chance to host Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. uh, where he talked about his coming out experience. So he does have a Netflix special, go check it out. So welcome to the family, Gerard. He's been great. I've loved him since the Carmichael. Uh, 
add him. I'll add you to the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. we are the Gay Alliance, and we will be adding you. Right, to the come to the meetings. To the newsletter. Um, <laughs> the last thing I want to discuss quickly: How do you guys feel? So I don't know if anybody saw about Russell Wilson being called out for being corny because they're like, he does everything Sierra wants him to do. He's not a real man. He's very soft. What is, you know, kind of, we've talked about toxic masculinity, what happened. A lot of people are addressing that to Will Smith and other men. Do you feel like, do you feel like men have to be a certain level of manliness in order to operate in this world? Do you think that's going to be played out soon? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, for me it, it's kind of like they both exist in the same world it's like it's never gonna it like you know where we're from that's it's just gonna be oh well, I you know a man I want a man to be a man man's man you know whatever I actually follow this one gay guy who posted about that anyway and um at, on the same same flip like you know oh fuck I forgot my train of thought on that shit you follow a gay man who right right but he was like you know he posted like I want a man's man and whatever was he I don't think it's himself I don't I don't think so what what do you constitute as a man's man because it's just like a lot of people have different definitions some say like oh not letting your woman run the house or in the gay community I know we have a lot of things and we've talked about it before I know Brayden Adam and I've talked about it and um, we've had friends in the past who say I'm more of a masculine gay and I'm more straight than you xyz so Brayden do you feel that that's something that the gay community is going to be affected by as well or do you think we should continue letting people live and be how they want to be hello Oh, I'm thinking. I thought you froze. <laughs> oh, yeah, it literally looked like you froze. Um, I, no, I mean, I think the First Amendment says just let people be how they want to be and who cares? Yeah, yeah that's it, a nice thought, but people don't. That's, that's a nice thought. I mean, I think that even within the gay community, there is this men shouldn't do, they shouldn't primp themselves. It's like, oh, if you do this or you like smell too good or you like do your nails, you do your hair. That's, where, way. that's how, that's the going back to a man's man. Like right. A man, in their opinion, mm-hmm. a man's man doesn't do that. Right. They don't, you know, take, take care, care of themselves. themselves. It's whatever, it, more rugged, more butch. So as, I can change I, the, the oil in a car. As Twitter, yeah, well, I can whatever. do that. Let's not, don't, don't let the unmanicured nails at this point fool you. But, but as Twitter say, is it gay to, is, is it gay to take care of myself? Ashley, as someone who dates men as well, um, what do you prefer? Do you, do you, do you want someone that's very toxic masculinity or do you want someone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are, are, Give me all the toxicity. Are, 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 are you okay with the man that you choose to be with being how he wants to be as long as he's committed well, yeah i mean who wants to be with like a poser like i think that in order to stop this cycle i don't like we, to be with mike poser but that's not here no there <laughs> we'll get to that um i think we need to stop stop rewarding bad behavior mm-hmm. and that's where it starts because no matter what all these conversations and like and it, there's a reason why people say that because they feel like you know they get away with everything if you do this and do that these toxic traits and like you still get a career and a wife and kids and you get taken care of so it's just like it's instilled into our brains that like this is how it should be Mm -hmm. so we have to stop rewarding bad behavior stop rewarding the toxic traits and you know the things that don't no longer serve us or never served us but Mm -hmm. you know it's time to speak up on those things it's like 
who cares that Russell cares about his wife? Like, I don't understand. Like, right. what is what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to be like a dictator and just like and be her, right? Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, I feel like they have a partnership, but because it's equal, they feel like, oh, she's a bitch. Like, she'd be running all over him, and it's like, no, I think they actually have a partnership. Yeah, no, they, they have they, a marriage. They each other halfway. Yeah, yeah if so not like her bring you a little bit more whatever <laughs> right. well I, I i think that the, i think that the words uh dominant and uh submissive has really like taken form obviously that's been talked about more in the gay community but i think that's everyone they feel like someone has to be in charge and someone has to be on the need but what a lot of people are doing now are they're having partnerships and i think that for the old way of thinking you know, kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation about Will and Jada's marriage, I think that's why people are so turned off. A lot of people are turned off by the way someone chooses to run their relationship. When it's mm-hmm. not- Or who the, they choose or, to sleep with. Or who they choose to sleep with. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, it's no longer a, you go out, you make the money, I stay home, I do this. I mean, that's a very rare situation. A lot of times you find- Antiquated. Yeah, a lot of times you find that people are more on a partnership base. And so I think that it's taken people who look at marriage from a more traditional point of view a longer time to catch up to that. So, you know, hopefully they catch up. It took America a long time to catch up to have the first Supreme Court justice, uh, Judge Katanji Jackson. I'm so proud. Jackson, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jackson. Ms. Jackson. Ms. Jackson, if you're not. Sorry, Ms. Jackson. Ooh. I am for real. No, it, it, t- it takes the world a long time. It took a long time for gay marriage. It took a long time for the Black vote. It took, you know, those things take time, but, you know, hopefully we're, mm-hmm. hopefully we're still here in a few years to continue to queer. let you know and we will still be queer i plan on still being <laughs> queer uh probably still single which is fine because until i find a partner yeah. then that's what we're gonna do yeah. so until the next time guys thank you so much for joining us here on pride the podcast as always you can reach out to us via all social media channels at pride the series please reach out and you can email us at pride the series at gmail.com we're excited to hear from you you can find me online at instagram i am Darrell anthony always i don't use really facebook anymore for that unless you want to facebook message me i guess i could probably answer um, make sure you go out and you donate to any lgbtq charities and also the ukrainian efforts because we are still praying for our friends over in Ukraine. I was going to say next episode, just to bring up a quick topic. Uh-huh. Next episode, I want to discuss what a little bit more about how I feel about that. But that's next week. About, so about, about, what? about the war and about yeah, how America has responded. And all <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we'll talk about that another time. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Yeah. But you can find me <laughs> Adam Andrew Rios at Box Wine Poppy with a zero on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. My uh, Twitter is not safe for work, and my um, TikTok likes probably aren't safe either. So just know that. <laughs> so Adam's horny. Ashley, what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ashley Mitchell. You can follow me at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I don't really use Facebook that much, but if you want to follow me or friend me, whatever. <laughs> And I'm Mr. Braden Bradley, and you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Braden Bradley. Wonderful. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Please give us your thoughts on this episode. If you have any thoughts at all about the Oscars or Grammys or anything, we're really to have the debate with you. Thank you again for tuning in. We love you guys. See you soon. And thank you, Mickey. Yes. Everyone go stream their new album, I Owe It To Myself, everywhere you listen to music. You can follow them on Instagram at Mickey, M-I-K-I, Ratsula, R-A-T-S-U-L-A. Yeah, so we'll see you next week.
We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.